I'm being joined by my friend Zach. Zach's gonna join me on the show, and this is the first time I've been live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Castle. Zach bro. Zach Brown. Zach Brown. What's up, brother? What it is, man? How you been? Not too bad, man. We just got done wrapping up an episode of Real Men Talk Shit, which will go up literally tomorrow, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. And have people asking when you're going to be on already just <laughs> from the live viewers and everything else. So. Yeah. I was saying, I was just saying to you, dude, I, I've done your podcast what feels like a hundred times. I, I know it's probably been once or twice, but like. <laughs> it's been, I think, six times. Yeah. But I mean, I know it hasn't been a crazy amount, but. So many times, and you've done my podcast zero times. So here we are. <laughs> and now I'm the first live show. Look at that. Yeah, and here we are, you being the first live show and the first the first episode of Evolving with Corey Castle that I've sat down in this chair uh, since October. O- the beginning of October was the last show I actually recorded, but I didn't even schedule that one. Like, I had fallen off on all of my stuff. Like my, oh, a lot of my stuff I've been like neglecting to do. Like my, my, my room's a mess. My, my life is all, all scattered all around and I'm working, I'm working two jobs and I'm hustling and I'm never here. And when I'm here, I'm just like vegged and I don't want to do anything. So uh, that's, you know, partly I know. Uh, saying to you that there is a, ma- a a level of me that I go, I know I love me, yep. but I've been neglecting to respect me. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and that some of that discouragement that comes from putting all this work out and let's say the last 10 week, I, I was 10 weeks ahead at one point. So that's, you were- even farther than that, than that I had, you were almost four or five months ahead. Right. I was for a little bit. Yeah. I was way ahead and I was like feeling really good. And then I just was like, Oh, well, I'll take a break. So I didn't record any episodes for a long time. Yep. And, and you know, I, I, I can't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to, I have to kind of have some grace with myself and some patience and uh, not worry about uh, the people that may or may not be listening. Exactly. Maybe there's one. Maybe there's one who really cares. In all honesty, man, I I told you this before and I told you this and I'll tell you this a thousand times. You are charismatic enough to carry a show. Yeah. Finding somebody that holds you accountable is the hardest fucking thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm so happy I actually took the time to find people that I could add as co-hosts and be like, dudes, if I need something fucking done, I can look at them and, and just be like, I need this fucking done. If you need help, ask. But I don't have to do everything. And it, Yeah, I think, I think you were kind of trying to lean on me a little bit on that too. And I was kind of feeling bad for seeming like I just kept backing, backing off and backing off more because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to overcommit to something that I might not have time for. And uh, oh, definitely. so, I mean, but through, through you, I I've met Dylan and I, I love that kid. He talks yep. to me all the time. So I'm, I'm grateful to you. 
And I'm always super fascinated by the resources that people have and the and the 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 tissue that connects them. So uh, I'm grateful to you for being somebody who wanted to. I mean, and you you might not even know that that your messages mean something to me like they they do. I'm always like, ah, oh, this guy, man, awesome. I'm I'm excited to hear from you exactly. every single time. It's one of those people where I know I'm like Corey. Dude, if I fucking message Corey, he'll be like, yo, what's up, brother? <laughs> right. First, first two seconds. I, I know that what's up, brother, is going to come. I know everything's going to be okay. It's mm. like I left you on good terms last time. It's going to be good terms this time. And it's yeah. fucking wonderful. Well, it's I just mean, it's nice to have those conversations. Every <laughs> now and then. I, I, I'd hope that I'd continue to be the type of friend who wouldn't ever have bad fallings out with my friends. Yeah. I, I just, that's not a thing I ever wanted to be. I talked about him a little bit on your show, but my my friend Rick, my best friend Rick, yeah, um, him and I were him and I we go back so long, but at like the 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 kind of in the first like five or six years of our friendship, we um, my my brother my brother and sister are a year and two years ahead of me, right? So yeah. we're we're all, we always shared like the same group of friends some sometimes and sometimes they would share the same group of friends and I would just be very uh peripheral to that but uh but Rick and I were hanging out with them and their group of friends because Rick liked their friends a lot and I liked hanging out with Rick so um at one point my brother and sister had this bad falling out with a whole group of their friends a whole yeah. chunk of them and they, I guess they got into a fight where they agreed that they were never, ever, ever going to speak again. And they weren't going to be friends. And I'm like, I remember being in the passenger side of Rick's car and looking at him and going, can we agree that we'll never do that? Like, yeah. let's never do that. Let's always be friends. Never, ever have a moment where like we're too mad at each other to, to tell each other that we, that we love each other and that we mean it. It's weird. Because, like, I never had a friend like that that I could rely on my entire childhood and teenage years and everything else. Oh, yeah. Was was, always he wasn't random. my friend until I was in my 20s. But like, it was always like random yeah. different individuals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, I could never piece together that actual true friend. So, like, when I get involved with somebody and I, I start talking to them, I get very, very close and attached to them. Mm -hmm. And obviously you saw this. As soon as I saw that you were a cool dude, I was like, we're starting a business together. <laughs> we're we're going to do this and it's going to be the greatest thing in the fucking world mm -hmm. because that's who I am. It's like, right. I'm just one of those very aggressive. I, I mean, that's something that, um, you know, it's, it can be perceived as needy, I guess. Uh, the, uh, like, um, it could be kind of like, um, like a turnoff in some ways. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I've witnessed it from other, you know, just uh, like with friends of mine who've been like too needy, who will just push women away. And they're like, whoa, whoa, I don't need all this, all this quick. Stop. You know, like, yeah. so uh, how often does that happen or has that happened for you when it comes to friends or anything? To get pushed away or yeah. to not very often. No. Normally mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give people time. I'll see if they're actually a person that I can actually get along with right. and wants to be around. And then once I feel like they want to be around, then it's like, okay, you're involved now. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a part of this now. And there's nothing that either of us are going to do about it. It's just going to be what it is. 
yeah. like obviously how many times have you been on my show it's like obviously we get along pretty well right <laughs> yeah yeah i because it's 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 really funny i think and i i'd hope anybody who'd want me as a guest on their show which i am always always very very happy to do i i actually sometimes prefer to just be the guest and and Not see where it's everything right to see where it's going sometimes i'd just rather be the guest sometimes happy to be a guest on your show happy to be a guest on anyone's show but i will not uh share it or anything but not it's not that i'm not not sharing it on purpose it's that like i will have forgotten to do it so yep. you know uh if if i ever if if i'm ever a guest on your show please do not forget to ask me to share that stuff okay cuz yep. like I, I mean, I There's too many things going on. Yes. And, and please weird. Never hesitate like, to ask me to share something. Dealing with bigger people now mm -hmm. because I'm the producer of painkiller already. One of the largest podcasts in the world. Mm -hmm. It it's weird watching who shares and who doesn't. Right. And like, you can tell if there's somebody who's going to be I'm too big for that, or I just don't have time. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to see the difference in people and the difference in what people do and what people and who they are and that kind of stuff. You yeah. really do see who is genuine and who isn't. I've had, I've had a, but a, I don't want to say a bunch, but I've had a good amount of big name guests on my show. And I feel like, um, asking them to share it somehow feels like it's over asking and then they won't share it. And I'm like, well, it was fun though, right? Was it not super fun? Yeah. Well, exactly. well what, what what prevented you from giving a good old little share ski to that? Exactly. <laughs> like, what's the point in not just saying, "Hey, man, I had a fun time. Thank you." Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I will absolutely share with someone that I had a fun time. Yeah, for sure. But exactly. I, when it comes to when it comes to sharing it, when it comes to sharing it, uh, I. I don't some I don't feel like my followers or my following on any social media uh, will care or will uh, bite the you know what I mean bite the bait bite into the to the to the currency to give effort to that and that that makes me discouraged that makes me sad it's not that I'm not doing it because I don't think you're a big enough deal the the general you not you yeah. specifically but but it's that like i'm discouraged somehow by the fact that you know you don't I'll, know if you're worth something because right, like somehow i'm not clickbaitable enough or i i i just uh, somehow will like wrap my wrap my gosh darn worth up into some stuff that my gosh darn worth don't need to be all wrapped up in no, and like you have the availability, and I told you this, and I, I'll tell you this on the show too. You have the availability to do some amazing fucking things. You have the charisma. You have the availability to do it. You just got to do it. Like there's very, very few people that actually have the, the ability to talk like me and you do. And there's very, very few people that actually have the guts to put their life on YouTube, Twitch, and, and Facebook, like there's, there's very few people that have both of those put together and you have both. It's not being like, okay, 
is this the right format? Is this the right way to do it? It could be the complete wrong format. It could be the complete wrong way to do it. But in the grand scheme of things, if you never try, you're never going to make it. <laughs> Hell, this show could not be called Evolving with Corey Castle next year, and it could have two co-hosts, and then you don't have everything <laughs> on you. <laughs> well, it could well, blow up. You know what I'm saying? I guess I, I guess for a little while I was doing this. Um, I was doing episodes where it would be, uh, and and also when I started, I was never. This never had a video element to it. Yeah, this had never had a video element to it. It was always that I had I had two microphones and a guest in front of me, and or I had three microphones and a co-host, which would be my friend, yeah. and I would call it evolving with Corey Castle and friend. Those would be evolving with Corey Castle and friend episodes, but it was. You know, it was, I was giving up a lot of it. I was giving up a lot of like, okay, well, stop trying to be the star of the show. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's funny to think about because when I said that it was always like two microphones, at one point it was just an app on my iPad that was recording yep. episodes. Like it was, it was an app on my phone. Like it was, it was just the resourcefulness to make sure that, that, I was putting out something that yeah, I'd want to listen that I'd want to listen to if I wasn't me. Yeah. Conversation that's that's where I, I feel like maneuvering a conversation for me is the type of conversation that I'd want to hear people having. I Exactly. I'd and want that to be a show I'd want to listen to. And that's where real men talk shit came from is like I wanted the availability for stories to be out there about my life, about other people's lives, about people that they want to hear about lives, because there's a lot of shit that everybody goes through and experiences that most people think are one-offs. Most people don't starve themselves. So that way their parents eat and their sisters eat, mm -hmm. but I can tell those stories, but I can sit here and talk about growing up in the ghetto in the middle of fucking upstate New York and talk about, how fucking hard it was. My best friend's brother got convicted of murder and like that entire family went into drugs and everything else. And like, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit and stories that everybody can tell. Right. And it's just actually being able to portray those stories and get somebody to talk and get, getting somebody to experience those genuine experiences and being able to articulate them isn't something everybody can do. And I think I think Zach, you you might have listened to some episodes of my podcast before, yeah. where uh, how important how you know that I've mentioned how important it is to have on the record these stories, have yeah. on the record these 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 moments because this is such a timestamp. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this back and be like, man, I was really going through some shit and acting like I had some problems that I didn't you know I could have easily gotten through or something. And that's, that's, that's kind of like, that, I mean, that's sort of a, that's sort of a, a, like a linchpin for a lot of it. Cause I remember when my old friend called me the Corey Castle and friend, when that friend called me, he called me to say, Hey man, I just, I just took a bunch of pills and I'm standing in front of the train tracks and I'm gonna jump. Yeah. Like, and I was like, you know, I, I remember saying to him right then, Come here and let's talk about it right now. And let's talk about how in six months we'll be laughing about this. Yeah. And 
and now 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 he he's the stepdad to three kids and just they him and his him and his girl just bought a house together like that that's that's like not the guy that called me saying he was about to jump in front of a train and it's it's not hard to tell the story it's not hard to go through and be like and be vulnerable the the hardest part is actually owning up and saying yeah i fucked up yeah i did this yeah i did that I've attempted suicide twice. Once was in the past year. And my friends and the people that I built around me are the reason that I'm still here. I think that you and I talked about this already, but since now we're on the record, uh, <laughs> would you, would you feel comfortable telling me the story? Uh, which one? the the first one the first attempt both you know chronologically walk okay. me through these attempts so i recently broke up with my girlfriend of six months she cheated on me i was 14 it was my first actual real girlfriend kind of thing and i felt really down like absolutely down but that's not where it starts where it started was when i was four years old i apologize kids toys are moving for some fucking reason um my, it was santa, santa claus exactly it was santa my, claus We're... my sister was a twin <laughs> and uh her twin passed away mm. so when that happened everybody kind of got down my mom started struggling with life and kind of making sure everything was taken care of and all that stuff and then my grandmother passed away and my grandmother at that point was the person who was raising me, who was taking care of me and really kind of the person that was there. She passes away mm -hmm. and uh, me and my mom never really passed either of those deaths. It kind of compounded and compounded and compounded throughout my entire childhood to where like, I always felt like I wasn't enough. I always felt like I wasn't, worth it i they were worrying about what he would have done or what he would be when i'm right here and i'm available and i'm i'm a pretty damn good kid i'm extremely intelligent i genuinely understand a lot of stuff just got dealt a very very shitty hand right and so so you're you're in the midst of comparing yourself to someone who's no longer here who and, is never here and he, right. he was alive for about 30 minutes it wasn't mm -hmm. even like right, it was right. A teenager who passed away. It was yeah. a baby who passed away after thirty. We, yeah, we didn't. We didn't get a chance to know them to know what kind of person they'd be. And that that hypothetical made you go, "Oh, you're making, you're idealizing and romanticizing this kid that doesn't exist." When I'm I'm here and I'm your son and I'm alive, come yeah. value me and celebrate me. Exactly. And, <coughs> Sorry. So um, a lot of years go by. And it's just very, very negative life of struggling and just struggling. Lots of people quitting jobs, lots of money not coming into the household, lots of very, very little food and, and just living in low rent housing and the projects and shitty locations. And, uh, I get to about 14, I have sex for the first time and I get consumed by this girl. And when I say consumed by this girl, I mean, like, she was my everything. Because it was my first actual person that I 
became attached to. Mm-hmm. It was like a reason I felt like it was okay to live almost. And uh, she ended up wrapping her legs around and kissing a guy that I grew up with. And I, I lost my shit. So I break up with her in August. And uh, in December on my sister's birthday, I walk into my sister's room and I'm like, hey, today's going to be the last day you see me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I walk out of her room and I go to what I thought was going to be my last minute, my last moment. Grab a razor blade and I slip my wrist. And then the weirdest fucking feeling in the world happened. It was like, not today. Blood gushing down my arm, not today. Not doing this. I I can't do this. It's not going to be okay. I'm, I'm not done yet. How? What made that feeling happen? No fucking idea. It was just the weird, like, it's almost like I'm living on borrowed time because I've already tried to, I've already tried to die. Like, I'm not supposed to be here anymore. After you set your rest, you're supposed to die. Right. So I, I, I run to the, I run to the closet. My mom was a nurse, so we always had medical supplies and everything else. So I grabbed gauze and I grabbed an ace bandage and I wrapped up my wrist. I had a cut about this big on my wrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wore hoodies and an ace bandage for about six months. Just that way I didn't feel uncomfortable with myself. I didn't right. feel like you had to try to I explain. was broken. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to explain anything. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do anything. I, I just didn't want that to be me. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be Zach. I didn't want to be that broken kid that was mm-hmm. there all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was the, when you were 14, you said? Yeah, I was 14 years old. And how old were you when the second attempt happened? So I can only go into this a little bit. Yes, please don't please don't overexpose yourself in any way. Yes. So I was late 20s and going through extreme life peril. And uh, a few people in the chat know, but other than that, Nobody really genuinely understands what has gone on. And I can't go into it. Otherwise, I would. Right. But um, going through extreme life problems, and I just felt like it was done. Like I was done. I, I can't do this by myself. I can't continue on living. I, I don't want to. So I started drinking. And I'm on Adderall and um, Abilify to deal with this stuff now. Hmm. Because they figured out my ADHD was causing me to go through manic spells of depression. So like now, well, now I'm not taking it anymore because I felt like it was curbing my creativity and my ability to speak and and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, then I was I was struggling with being able to get my thoughts straight. I wasn't able to get a thought together because my mind was racing so fucking fast. I couldn't even speak correctly. I couldn't get my thought out. I couldn't raise my kids. I couldn't do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I just started drinking and I was sitting on the floor hoping that, you know, I just passed out. Mm-hmm. What more so, can you do? So, so you over, over served yourself your prescription medication no 
I I wouldn't do that. I was uh I was drinking a shit ton, and I was contemplating uh attempting cutting my wrist again, but I didn't. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, when you were drinking, now did is that something you just like cut out of your life, like cold turkey? You don't drink. I don't anymore? ever drink. I right. never drink. This was so, just uh, impulse of like, I, I can't fucking do this anymore. Right. I, I'm feeling like I, I couldn't get the the feels under control. I couldn't get the the thoughts under control. I couldn't actually wrap my head around what was going on. And like, this would be so much easier to tell if I could actually speak the entire fucking thing, because mm. it's a crazy fucking story to begin with, but hopefully I'm able to tell it at some point. Mm. Um, well, we're we're going to, we're going to get to a point where, uh, this is the timestamp where you can't talk about it. And then we'll have a timestamp when you can you say, yeah. see part one of the story. Yeah. See, see part, part one, of, see part two. This will be part one of, see part one. But, uh, like, and then uh, my daughter walked downstairs. Mm. She's like, Daddy, can't sleep. Ava woke up, who's the baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can't even do this right. And she saved my life. Mm-hmm. Because what the fuck else could have happened that night? Who the fuck knows? Right. I stopped drinking. I got up. I, I sung the baby back to sleep and I went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt fucking 10 times better the next morning. Because mm-hmm. I was able to open my phone and see my kids. I was able to walk down the hallway and see my kids. And that that feeling of like, okay, I was weak, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It's weird having ADHD and actually having to go through and take care of it. Do you know that that ADD, the just the word, and this is I'm kind of being vulnerable here, and I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show before, but the whole idea, the whole uh, just saying it triggers me somehow. Like it automatically, I automatically like because because I got diagnosed with ADD when I was like in when I was like five or six or something. Yeah. And then I had to be in special ed and then the excuse kept getting made for me. ADD. Oh, well, James has ADD. So, Oh, well, it's going to, uh, well, uh, well, so this is the excuse while, you know, why I can't do it, why I, it limits me and all this limitation on me due to this ADD and, then when I hear about people who are diagnosed with it way later and they're like making new discoveries on something they didn't know, I somehow the back of my competitive mind goes like, Oh yeah. Well, well yeah. I I've been dealing with my whole life. Well, con- welcome to the party. Like yeah. some, and it's like, why am I, why am I turning something into a competition when there is no competition? Everybody has separate struggles on everything. So it, you can't make you can't have this hill be your hill that you push everybody off of let everybody this is there's no hill this is all flat ground for us all to coexist on yeah i i actually ended up going through and having my daughter diagnosed and medicated just because i was like if you really are struggling the way i struggled in high school and elementary school i don't want you to struggle anymore 
And I watched her grades go from 70s to 90s. And just be the intelligent kid I know she is. And it's it's such a weird thing to watch somebody just click. And like, I felt it. I felt it in myself. And then watching my daughter just click, it was the weirdest fucking thing in the world because I was like, you're so much better now. Like, I can tell you to go clean your room. And guess what happens? Your room gets cleaned. <laughs> you come downstairs and ask if there's anything else you can do. Not sit there and fight and argue and, and not do it. And, oh, look, let, let me go clean the cabinet. And then, oh, the baby needed to be played with. And then this and then that. And it's weird. It's so weird genuinely just seeing somebody click and just, I don't want to say get fixed. Because it's probably the wrong way to say it. It's just it's just growth in the correct direction. Yeah. <laughs> but like I understand it feeling fixed because I felt fixed. Right. It, I went from like my mind racing so fast that I can't actually act upon the ideas to going to starting a business with you and, and Frank and it almost being successful. Mm-hmm. Just a just a little bit of effort from everybody, and it would have blew up. And now I'm working on podcasts that are top 200 in the world. Right. And what what more could I say other than something changed? Mm-hmm. The balls that I had reaching out to guests, I guess, got me a job, but somehow I'm able to still accomplish it. Right. That's right, dude. Um, I think that the I it's tough for me to say the 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 blaming game is working out for me here. So I will make a point to try to not blame ADD for anything because that's been the excuse. That's been yeah. the reason. That's been the limiter. That's limited me. That's governed Are my. Are you still behavior. medicated as an no, adult? No. Have you ever been medicated as an adult? No. To like see if you're able, like, it's weird to portray it this way because I know some people use this as a drug and use it to get high and everything else. I'm not. I, I use it as it's prescribed and everything else, but it feels like I'm, I'm able to use more of myself than what I was before. So do you think my lack of motivation and my depression that I'm going through would be helped by being medicated? Do you suffer with racing thoughts where your mind just constantly goes? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> then yes, you would. <laughs> now, is it going to help everything? No. <laughs> that's still motivation and making sure you do the things that you need to do and, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it gives you the tools to be, I don't want to say normal, but while they say people with ADHD are more intelligent than the average. Well, one of the they things say that they're more interactive than the average and they're more creative than the average. So if you, if you go through and say, Hey, I'm medicated for this and I'm able to take better care of myself, I'm able to take better care of the things that are around me and I'm able to do the things that I want to do. Isn't that a life upgrade, not a life downgrade to take one pill every day? 
I, I, um, I just, I feel somehow like I crave structure so much and structure is completely out of my life right now. Like, and that's, that's where I'm like, I'm, I'm slacking, I'm slacking in the weights. I'm slacking. I'm, I'm slacking with the podcasts. I'm slacking with looking for bookings. Like it's all of it. I'm, I haven't done, I haven't done a bunch of comedy, uh, like a lot in the last six months, maybe. You got to figure out what's you, man. And Mm -hmm. like you put yourself in a lot of different baskets and you wear a lot of different hats, but making yourself fall into a schedule and do the things that you want to do fucking helps. Yeah. I need to, uh, not need to. I would like to return to some type of day job, like yeah. e- every single day routine, figuring all that out. Not, um, not, not that like that. I hate this because I don't hate anything. I'm, I'm just gonna say that I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in a in a little bit of a tailspin over the fact that like my schedule doesn't, I don't find out what my schedule is until like the day before I need to find out. And that, that's, that's not, doesn't really serve me very well. No. And it's not going to, and especially with ADHD or ADD, whatever one you have, I think you said ADD. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I I mean, I've been, I've been hyper. Yes. But um, uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think I count um, your mind action as hyperactive. I think hyperactive hyper, generally I, means like you fidget bouncing things. off the walls. Yeah, that's that. That was me as a kid. Like, I have right. a fidget ring. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that you'll sit here and see me play with. Right. Right. The entire fucking time. <laughs> um, like that's hyper. That's what they consider hyper is just not being able to control your impulses to do things, and that's the difference. Is either it's mental or it's mental and physical, mm. and that's the kind of difference in between them. At least how they described it to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah, I, I'm not as educated on that as suppose I sh- I I could be, and yeah. maybe I will be. I gotta just uh, I gotta open a book on that. <laughs> well, it, it's weird because having a psychiatrist that calls you every single week to make sure you're okay and just have a twenty thirty minute conversation and just shoot the shit and hear what's going on and hear about what your job is and what you're doing and how are the kids and it gets consistent and it it adds consistency to a life that genuinely doesn't have it when you're a stay-at-home dad when you're working from home when when covid's going on and kids are staying home and everything else and then you have to be a teacher too yeah yeah uh they should. I think. I think parents should have had parents that had to step up as like the like enforcer of the schoolwork. All those parents should have got an additional stimulus check. Like I really, yeah. I really think that the the things that 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 you had to do the the general new you, not the specific you as parents. Um, wow! Holy cow! You guys are the best. And well, we're looking at closing again. I don't know how uh, PA is doing, but mm-hmm. New York is fucking horrible. 
New York is looking at closing again. They just closed all my kids' after-school activities last week and everything else. I I wouldn't be surprised if they close before school returns. I wouldn't be surprised. Before the from the holiday break? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, well, we're going back two weeks uh on remote. Mm. I would not fucking be happy. I would not. Because it's just gonna throw my entire schedule out of whack. Yeah. Once my schedule gets thrown out of whack, like how do you feed a baby when there's a, a preteen doing schoolwork that has ADHD? How how do you how do you knock that kid out of focus to feed a kid? But you also have to feed a kid, which is going to knock the kid out of focus. And there's nowhere else for them to go. Yeah. There's nothing more you can do. You can't feed the kid in the living room because that's going to fuck up her schedule. You can't make the kid go in the living room because then she's going to pay attention to the TV. What room do you record your show in? The living room. And she can't do her schoolwork in that. She has her own computer. She's not using my computer. (laughs) I got a big fancy setup here with a 32 inch monitor and a 28 inch monitor. And she's sure as hell not going to school on my computer. (laughs) Okay. All right. I see. I see. Well, she, she has her own nice little Chromebook that, that she can use. But can that be sat on that desk? There's no space. No? No. No space that uh, you're, you're uh, non-negotiable on clearing space? No, there. it's so compact. Like, mm-hmm. my desk is a shitty desk from Walmart. It's like mm-hmm. $90, and I'm using the back half of my TV stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there's no room. Like, my tower is on my desk with my keyboard and then my mouse is right next to it. So even when I'm playing games on PC, I I'm cramped. There's literally no space. Oh man. Well, we'll laugh about this in six months. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I will not laugh about it in six months. If, if I end up being home from school. <laughs> Cause I'll have two kids in school that I have to teach and a baby who can't be around people because of her lung problems. Right, right. So it's not going to be fun. No. Super respect. Super respect and love. That's a a parent really stepping up. And I can imagine that your kids will very much appreciate it when they're older. Which leads me to... The segment that I call audio time travel. So as a way to put a timestamp on right here, right now, let's think about how this audio, this video, this, this recording that we're doing right now may or may not outlive us. Most likely this is on the record now and it's going to stay somewhere forever. So let's say in, in, in about 20 years, your, your kids stumble across this recording and go, hey, let's see what dad was like, like on another person's podcast. Let's see what that's like. And they click this. 
Audio time travel, you're speaking to the 20 years from now versions of your kids listening to this recording. What are you saying? First off, that's weird. I, I hope that you guys actually benefited from everything I did. Because I've worked my ass off. It's it's weird that that just brought up a whole bunch of feelings because on Father's Day, my wife gave me this book and it shows the kids as babies, like hand-drawn art, all the way up until they're um, adults at the end. And it says, at some point, Dad, we're going to take care of you like you took care of us. And it's weird because it's like, that is the one thing I never want. I don't want to have to be taken care of. Right. Well, I think, I think it's a, it's a weird way to think about it because I think it can be, it can be thought of as like, you're too old and fragile and can't take care of yourself. But it's also like, they're going to live the type of life where they're, they're going to be able to to see you and help you with what you like. You know, just help you by going, wow, this person's made me proud. That helps me feel like I've done a good job with the last 20 years. Wow, this person. Now, so instead of instead of taking it and going like, oh, I'm going to have to be taken care of because I'm an old crippled. No, just that, that, that book brought up those feelings of like, right. I, I'm only... 16 years older than my youngest right i'm only 18 years older than my my middle child and i'm 26 years older than than the baby mm. and thinking about like them being older is the weirdest fucking thing in the world like my daughter the other day we drove past the school and she's like next year i'm gonna be in middle school and i'm like like what what the hell mm. That's that's weird. Like, <laughs> I just want so much for them. You want so much for them. You want you want so much for the these little humans that you teach everything to. Mm. And it's like my kids are so fucking intelligent. Mm. And I know they are because I am. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you you want them to fucking actually achieve something. And I feel like I'm putting them in the position to achieve something. It's just weird thinking of like, what point do you go through and say that everything's going to be okay and not sure if it is. Like, is my current situation fucking up my kids? I have no idea. Is any of the situations that we've been in fuck, fucked up my kids? I have no idea. But, but that's I, not something you can really every every relationship has points that you got to figure out and you got to work through and if if kids can't recognize they'll eventually go well like they did what they had to do was best for them yeah. and it was best for us so the, what's best for us will be best for them. And I think, you know, I, wh when I look at it, and, and I, I 
think about like my parents and them being together and stuff. I'm so much better now in the long run, looking back on it and being like, wow, I'm so glad they aren't, they never stayed together. I'm so glad he got to be there for his other kids. I'm so glad he got to be there. They needed him. They needed him. I'm glad he wasn't in my life because if he was, I'd be so different. And I wouldn't yeah. like, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't have the ability to recognize how much better my life is and how grateful I am to my mom for making the decisions that she needed to make in order. She would sacrifice, she would sacrifice like, all right, well, this could be a comfortable living to a two household, a two income household. Uh, yeah. We have, you know, we live in a nice neighborhood and then she just was like, Oh, you know, we're going to move to a different neighborhood because the way that your father acts, isn't the way I want you to see the way a man acts and become that. And it's weird because I, I didn't have a dad either. I had a stepdad who was very, very, people would say whipped and just very consumed by doing everything. Mm -hmm. So I never had that father figure. I never had that, that man mm -hmm. to, to show me what to do. And so many people say that it's like instinct and it's, it really is. It's fucking instinct to be a parent. Either you have it or you don't, you can't be taught how to be a parent. Things get fucked up. Things go the wrong fucking way. And you hope that you do the right thing in the end. It's all instinct. It's, it's all impulse. It's, it's all that ADHD going at a mile a minute. So, so you do everything so, right. So, I think ADD might ADHD right now might be the reason. Uh, if you may or may not have completed your entire message in a bottle in the audio time travel to the to the kids. I have no idea. I I hope that you guys are good. I hope <laughs> that you guys are are in the right place because I hope I didn't fuck up. And 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 thanks for thanks for your effort and your the currency of your effort to uh, check out evolving with Corey Castle and uh, you know uh, Zach's kids specifically who I'm talking to uh, go ahead and hit subscribe or uh, follow the channel so that you know you don't catch you, you know you might catch new episodes in 20 years I might still be putting out new episodes of the show. I'm definitely and that's even that. if YouTube's still around. Yeah, I mean, but you know, well, where wherever wherever podcasting exists, I'll be still doing this, even though here I am sitting talking about how unmotivated I've been. I still plan on doing episodes uh, until I'm dead. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, uh, me too. Whether whether they go somewhere or not, or if people, you know, if I uh, get a, a large audience or not, that's the point of me. Beating the drum every episode because that is consistency. The consistency is this will remain in my life because whether if 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 it if it continues to have like nobody ever watching or listening, maybe one day someone someone will be like, "Yeah, oh, this is a cool guy with his drum. Stay consistent." Exactly. Uh, so uh, I'm. I'm sticking with it, man. I'm, 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 uh, 
I'm just having a little obstacles. I'm having some speed bumps. And, and that disconnect is one of the things that can make you so much stronger. I've taken two breaks, three months long each, one this year, one last year. And if I didn't innately put myself in that position to where I took a break, I probably would have just overworked myself, stopped caring. The quality would have went to shit. Sometimes you just need that break or you need that person to pull you out of it. And sometimes it's just not readily available. Sometimes you don't have a co-host that that can do that for you. Sometimes well, you don't I'm going to say you were that for on. me. You were that for me today. I have to say, <laughs> you you were that so great, 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 grateful, great, 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 grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very, 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 very much respect and love, and that's on the record. So yeah. if you know, <laughs> if in 20 years you're hearing this, know that Zach Brown was highly respected and loved by Corey Castle. Right, right. Draw it on a heart, carve it into a tree. Exactly, man. <laughs> I'm watching the chat just go. I'm watching all my homies sit here and, and hang out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You That's can right. see the comments. Okay. Oh, I can. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I wasn't. Click comments. All the comments are there for you, brother. Uh, I uh, yeah. See, I don't. Need, I don't be. Uh, That's why you should do them live. Yeah, I, I don't be checking stuff like that because I feel like I'll. Uh, I feel like I'll maybe um, not give the right attention to who I'm chatting with. Yeah, but that's that's the big part about doing it live. If you do it live, you have to be consistent. Oh. Well, See, it forces well, you to be consistent. Well, you know how stream you, you know you know how Streamyard gives the option to make your your screen bigger. Yeah. I always make the screen bigger and just have the conversation, and I never have it small enough so that I can see the stuff that's on the side that tells me that people are saying things. So, like for sure, uh, I, I I'm too I'm too distractible. I'm too yeah. distractible because. I won't. I want to make sure I'm complete train of thought and read the chat. Right. Yeah. Fucking time. I'd 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 rather that not be the case. So for sure, I want to make sure we we're having the. That's why I I'm. That's why I don't mess with. That's why I don't have my phone. I'm not looking through my phone or anything while we're recording. Nope. Not. It's not in my hands. I don't want it in my hands because. That's why I, you see both my hands because <laughs> because you want to make sure it's in your lap and not in your hands. Because yep. once it's in your hands, you're distracted. You're yep. lost. I I watch my girlfriend like waste so much time scrolling through TikTok. I can't do it. I I'm I will lose a good amount of my day. I will lose a good. That's what. I know I'm not good at video games, so I just don't play them because I want to make sure my life's productive. I want to make sure I'm doing something that's spinning, turning all of the other wheels that need to be turned. I don't and, watch TV. I, I replace that time with video games. So <laughs> I play way too much. I, no. I stream four hours a day, seven days a week <laughs> playing video games. I, I can't do it. I I I can watch wrestling. Yeah, that's that's the biggest nerd thing I've got. I watch tons of wrestling. Like I just 
Uh, that's almost all of what I watch is just watching wrestling. <laughs> oh yeah, here I am talking about how I went to you know I went to the movies and saw House of Gucci, and I I we're trying to go to see Spider Man, and and then. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the, watching The Matrix. I watched some stuff, yeah. But most of the stuff I'm watching is like SmackDown or AEW Rampage or uh, Dynamite. Anyway. Yeah. I haven't watched wrestling in almost two and a half years. Is is there a good reason for that? Just like NASCAR. Because they're like my childhood things. Mm-hmm. I'll go like through peaks and valleys of watching it, not watching it, watching it, not watching it. And the second it gets dull and I start paying attention to what the fuck's going to happen. So, so were you saying it's out. like NASCAR, like you're also into NASCAR when you were a kid yes. or you were saying it's like NASCAR because it keeps going around in a circle? No, both actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So NASCAR, it's, like, it's like NASCAR in so many ways. <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll watch NASCAR. I'll not watch NASCAR. I'll watch wrestling. I won't watch wrestling. It just goes through peaks and valleys of mm. Do I care enough to actually do this? Like, I'm subscribed to Chris Jericho's podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll just stop listening to that, too. Like, mm-hmm. it just a whole lot of I don't give a fuck and I don't have the time to give a fuck. So, Dude, that's how I feel about so many podcasts that I'm subscribed to. When I, like, see the new list of, like, uh, new episodes go today, I'm like, no, I have my few that I that I like the most that I listen to right now. And everything else is just keeps on updating me that there's new episodes and I don't care. That's been weird for me. And like, I don't, I know a lot of people don't have the same problem, but because of the show I work for, the show I worked for was like 85% of my content. Mm -hmm. So before I was streaming, I would listen to painkiller already every night without a, without question. Painkiller RD already are painkillers already. Painkiller already. It is oh. a podcast with FPS Russia, um, Woody's Gamertag, and Mercadurka. It's a old school Call of Duty commentary trio of guys that uh, are huge YouTubers that um, have developed quite a large fan base. Cool. And I went from listening to them every single day, listening to their four hour long podcast, to producing the four hour long podcast and yeah. wow that's fucking weird because now i have no content <laughs> <laughs> to listen to <laughs> yeah because i'm not gonna fucking listen to it again i'm the first person to listen to it got more than enough for me <laughs> once it's fine that that's like me going back to talking about like listening to my own show i don't listen to it not because i wouldn't like it i of course i'd want to hear it if i wasn't me but if i'm listening back to it i'm kind of making myself a little uncomfortable at times and i'm like uh i don't know if i i don't know i don't know if i want to my voice i don't it's how how masturbatory is listening to your own podcast that's like i don't it's like i'm wearing a t-shirt with my face on it which i that it's not something i really want to do I'm not gonna walk through the mall wearing my own T-shirt. That's not not not. I wear my own T-shirt. I won't wear my own face because that's just weird. Yeah. Oh, I I I won't wear something that says my name on it. Like I'm I'm not gonna just wear that out in public. Like (laughs) I I I guess that feels like like a little tooly. 
and it's 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 strange. It's strange. Maybe it maybe uh, maybe it's just because of who I am or whatever. I think, it, I think it's wrestling too. Because if you think about it, when you're wrestling, you wear your merch out to the ring. You right, you, right. you throw your merch out into the crowd and everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So when you're used to wearing your merch, you're on. You're working. You're doing your job. I mean, that's that could be a part of it, but I I do feel like it might be. I don't want, I don't, let me reword that. Let me, I don't want any of the don't wants in my life. I'm not talking about don't wants. But walking around, I want to be who I genuinely am and always have people recognize the sincerity. And sometimes if I walk around and I'm wearing a shirt that says I'm Corey, I'm Corey Castle, then I'm not, uh, then I'm a character to them, you know? And then, then, then a Google search later and they're like, Oh, you were in this movie or you're in that movie. Oh oh, man, this is cool. And then a bunch of questions for me. And it's like, Oh man, now I look like I'm trying to like fake clout that I didn't need. But I also think that it's kind of weird. And this might be a weird, obtuse way to think about it, but this might change it a little bit for you. If I'm going to promote a brand, I kind of want that to be my brand. I'm trying to build something. I want that to be the thing that I'm building, not Nike. Yeah. Not Adidas. Not McLovin. (laughs) I want that to be Zach. I want that to be Real Men Talk shit. I want that to be what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I buy a lot of my merch. I wear a lot of my merch. I I bought I bought an evolving with Corey Castle shirt on my uh, on my prowrestlingtees.com website. Yeah. And I wore I wore it once. <laughs> so there's the ad. That's growth. Exactly. But, but I I don't think it's douchey as long as you're not being like, look at me. I w- I have a podcast. Right. <laughs> that that would be douchey. But if somebody's like, dude, where the fuck do you get that shirt? And you're like, it's my merch. <laughs> like, nobody else is going to buy your merch unless you actually get it out there. Well, it's not, it's not, I guess it's not, it's an artist rendition of my face, the logo for the podcast. So it's not like, oh, you can clearly tell that's me. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's not as douchey as somehow. My also when I came up in wrestling, when I came up in wrestling, it was whatever, whatever mark shit you had about anything you liked. Like, so let's say I watched WWF at that time and let's say I loved Triple H and I wanted to wear a Triple H shirt or I wanted to buy a Triple H shirt. Can't do that. That's too marky. Once you look like you're a mark, you don't belong in the ring with the workers. So that that's it's like you belong on that side of the barricade if you're going to be a little mark. If you're going to be nope. if you're going to be one of the fans, just go be one of the fans. Don't be one of us, because we're on a different level. And I feel I, I guess that somehow, like you stuck that like, to yourself too. Yeah, I think that buried, buried, buried into my subconscious mind so hard to like, to like not be the thing that I was told to not be like that. Like somehow being a mark 
in the early 2000s was a way different thing than being a, a mark now. Like, as far as, like, the amount of respect that it would get, because it didn't get any. Now, now you have the smart marks that get and, all yeah, fucking... Yeah, that's a, that, that, that is a whole world that exists now. And it doesn't matter now. But back then, it mattered big time. Like, so... I, I I just as as an adult, <laughs> I bought an Austin three sixteen shirt because I could never have one back then. I could never have one when I was a kid because I would I would be too marky. Yeah. It would and um I just got I got an Iron Sheik shirt that I've been wearing that. I'm I'm going and and uh, living through my Mark. I got a Cactus Jack shirt that I'm wearing. I was like, oh, I always wanted to wear one of those. So. Dude, you want to know what shirt I want to make? I, I do all my own merch. You know this, but I probably mm-hmm. should preface that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make an NWO Real Men Talk shit shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That branding would look sick as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yep. You just gotta break out. I I, I want to get a, 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 an NWO shirt. I would like to have an actual NWO shirt because uh, I've always wanted one. Just wear it to the ring. Be like <laughs> no, you, no. you restart in the new world order. No, 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 dude. I did a show once in West Virginia where they had. Do you remember? Do you remember there was an NWO pay per view, like a full NWO yeah, pay per view called Sold Out? Yeah, and they had the ring was an NWO ring. I did a show in West Virginia in that ring. They had a, uh, and it was so, so stupid. I was like, why? And nothing about the show was NWOE except for the fact that Buff Bagwell was there and Buff Bagwell would wear NWO shirts. And he had his faction of dudes who weren't in WCW, but they would be in the NWO at that company. Yeah. And I mean, I'd only, I only went to two of two. I only went to two of the events. Uh, Do you one know of what them he did after wrestling, Buff Bagwell. Yeah. Um, personal appearance. I don't know. What does he do? It was He's a, a male gigolo. Yeah. So that's that's what I meant by personal appearances. He did. Uh, he was an escort. He was an escort or something, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Uh, no, it's just interesting. Like yeah, I remember. So it's a strange. I remember my cousin like falling in love with him, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and then I I messaged her. Like maybe two, three years ago, I was like, look, now you have your chance with Buff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he uh he he's always been a polarizing figure. I don't think well, I have I have a policy, and I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on anything, but whenever I'm on a show or at a show and like there's a like a, a name there, somebody who's been on TV, like I don't I don't care. Like I don't talk to them. I don't care. Like, like everybody else is too busy trying to go grab a picture with them. I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna be a little mark like that. Like, I, like I'll like maybe I'll say what's up or whatever. But I'm not trying to like give all of my attention to getting like some acknowledgement from them because like they're gonna forget I exist seconds after they meet me. And I I, I wouldn't try and get like a picture, mm-hmm. but you're developing a podcast. Mm, right yeah but i mean connections that a lot of people would love to have i i haven't i haven't been i haven't been on shows with any names in a while i'm just saying like right yeah just 
reaching out and being like, hey, man, I know you probably get millions of these. Mm-hmm. I get about 50,000 interactions a month. I would love to have you on my podcast. I'd love to shoot the shit with you. I'd love to hear some of your stories. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I think you're a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Just end it there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I would, the, I'd be reaching out to everybody. I think a good amount of, for a good amount of my career, when I've been on names that had, or shows that had names on them, I was, I didn't have a podcast. Um, and I think back on that before me era, the before the podcast era, that version of me was so quiet about everything and didn't share, didn't share like my zoomed out views on anything. I just really kind of stuck, stuck to myself and like, and, and, and I kind of have a weird, a weird pride thing in that, like most of the people that I talk to in my life aren't wrestling people. Most of the people I hang out with the most aren't wrestling people. And that's, and and that's weird that I have a pride in that, but like wrestling people are carnies dude. And and some of them are real scummy and I rather, you know, keep wrestling at a, at, at a show. (laughs) Like we'll be, we'll be friends at the show. Yeah, sure. But like, uh, you're you gonna wind up into this friend you're, circle. You're gonna wind up asking me for money. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that occur. So I'm gonna make sure uh, we're just uh, we're acquaintances. acquaintances. Yeah. But if you want to break into this friend circle, you got to do a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. We're we're on a bunch of shows together, but like you're still hitting me up asking me for money. Get out of here, dude. Like go ask somebody else. It's weird. I got. I got a. I got an. A message on Facebook Messenger yesterday, yeah. and it was like you know yesterday was Christmas Day, and I got a message from this kid who was the son of a promoter that I used to work for in Reading, PA, like 2006 to 2009, maybe. Yeah, and he messaged me and it was like, "Hey, you got Cash App? <laughs> what? No, what's up?" And he's like, "Oh, I just need twenty dollars." Like, get out of here. No, like, you, I haven't talked to you. I haven't talked to you in 10 years, 10, maybe 10, more than 10 years. And I don't really know you that well. You're just, we're peripherally this promoter's son. Get out of here, dude. Enjoy being left on red, mister. (laughs) I'm not even interacting with you. Exactly. I, I can't stand when people ask for money. I really can't. Because of my childhood, so many things have been burnt, and asking for money is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's like I would rather starve myself than ask you for five dollars. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not one who would sit and beg. Like, I was. I was saying to myself when he sent me that, I was like, "How many other friends does he have that he burnt out requesting money from them? Or is he also asking? Is he asking everybody for twenty dollars at a time because he doesn't have the shame in in like?" Well, I, I can't take care of my own shit. Like, I think of it honestly this way. is like, if I ask you for money, it's probably going to be a couple hundred. And it's probably because I'm going to be out on the street if I can't. Right. Or my power is going to go off. Or, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm having major problems. Right. I, because I can't fix it any other way. 
Mm. That's what I'm going to ask. I'm not going to ask for $20. I can figure out $20. I can sell something. I can do something. I can work my ass off. I can do whatever I need to do to make $20. Mm. Making sure there's dinner on the table isn't hard. It's the, the more crazy things that might pop up. That's like my car broke down. I need a fucking tire. You know what I'm saying? It's like the stupid things that you don't expect. You don't ask you don't ask for twenty dollars because you can't get to work. You should be able to figure that out. You're a man. Yeah, dude, figure something. Like how how have you made it to this point in your life? That's what like I always I've always want to ask. Like, why are you here at this point in your life being somebody who hasn't figured this stuff out? If you're asking for twenty dollars, then you should also understand that you can buy a package of ramen for dollar forty nine. Eat the fucking ramen. I you, you know, your twenty dollars that you were going to spend on food. I have a, <laughs> I. This is a true story, but it's it's a it's a story. I've never done it on stage, but it's definitely something like I've thought about tons of times. I was outside of a comedy club that I had just performed at, and this guy came up to me on a bike, but he was coming over like and it seemed like he had just seen the show and he's like oh man what's going on like acting like like we knew each other and he's like hey man the pizza place right across the street like uh, you get a slice of pizza and a soda for six dollars or something yep. and and i was like okay and he's like uh you you can buy it for me you can watch me buy it like i was like wait wait what so you're asking me for money and I, I'm caught off guard thinking that you're, you're like coming and go like, Oh, well, that was good. Good job. But he's yep. really coming up to me to work, to work this angle that he wants to buy a slice of pizza and a soda. And I reached into my pocket and I gave him $5. He said, yeah, well I said $6. And I said, well, this is the last $5 I have. You could be a beggar or a chooser. You cannot be both. Exactly. Like it's, and, it's honestly the truth. It's if you can't figure out what you're doing at night, then you're not doing things correctly. You've got to reevaluate all of your decisions. <laughs> if you have a hundred dollars in food, you don't spend it on a hundred dollar meal. Is this still happening? Yeah, you're still good. Oh, oh, am I? Well. See, man, I made it big again and stopped paying attention to that because uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to rob you of the attention that you deserve. You're good, man. You're good. But I, the, but, the most recent question that you've had was, "Did you meet Mark Wahlberg on the set of Shooter?" Uh, I didn't. I met him on the set of Invincible, which was like two months before that. It was also in Philly, uh, and uh, once again, the same policy I have with being on shows with names. Like I don't mark out. I don't, I don't, that's not. So it was just like a, Hey, what's up, man? Whatever. And just like a, one of those little hellos, but uh, it wasn't, I didn't like meet him. Like we're not pals, but I didn't see him at all the day that I did the the shooter. I was only there for one day and it was a big crowd scene. And I don't remember seeing Mark Wahlberg there at all. The only movie that I've ever been close to being a, a, a feature in was War of the Worlds, which was filmed literally in one of my hometowns in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. It was filmed literally. They ran past my old house. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and other than that, uh, that's as close as I've got. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, they filmed my house. Yeah, that's when I didn't live in it. <laughs> well, had you lived in there, you could have ran out of the house. Ah! Aliens! Ah! Exactly. <laughs> Do, do you ever watch like the background actors in the background and see like what decisions they're making? No, I haven't. Oh man, some some of them are so thirsty to be on something that they'll like overact. You gotta you. I get cracked up by watching the background actors and stuff. The best ones for that, and this is a stupid thing to do, but watch the the police and newscasts. For mm-hmm. like the riots and all that stuff, you'll see all these fucking idiots jumping out behind the camera and dancing and everything. It's like make up your mind: are you angry or are you happy to do this here? Which one is it? <laughs> follow me, follow me on Twitter, yo. <laughs> Cash at me fifty dollars. Uh, Did you ever hear about that guy? There was this guy at a, I think it was a college football game, and he had a sign that said "Cash at me five dollars." Here's my cash app. And he made like fifty thousand dollars from people just cash apping him five dollars. Okay, good for him, dude. Let's see if That's, I can find it's it. It's a creative hustle. Cash guy. Man asked for beer money on college game day show. Yes, I was right. Mm. And then he ended up getting a sponsor. His name was Carson King. Donations to Carson's project are at more than 96,000 and it doesn't include the pledges of matching funds from Bush or Venmo. So he he covered beer for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. He was receiving more than $400 an hour. Good for him. <laughs> that's That's how you fucking do it. I just I I have to have a breakout like that. I have to have like a a moment where like there's like that that executed idea that gets seen by the people that need to see it. That's why I just keep on beating the drum, keep on putting the podcasts out, and uh, keep on tweeting stuff, and keep like. Even though, like, I I constantly get discouraged by the fact that, like, what do I have? I have uh, less than a thousand followers on Twitter, and like, and then I go like, oh, Google me, look me up on IMDb. I have tons of credits. I've been in tons of stuff. I'm somebody who like has done more work in all this independent like entertainment. Yep. For the last twenty years and the the following the the opportunity to have listeners who like tune in and like care about what i'm saying doesn't exist somehow and 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 i'm i get discouraged about that i'm like am i not beating the drum i'm beating the drum every day you know and and uh that's it 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 will really it'll really sidetrack my focus a lot it's on weird. my motivation it'll make my motivation be for shit and i've heard i've said this 
to all the boys that are in the chat, everybody's heard me say this, so I'm going to say it again. It feels like I'm right at the base of something that's fucking going to go insane. It feels like I'm right there and it's just about to explode. And it's the weirdest feeling in the fucking world knowing that like the next thing you fucking do might be the reason why you blow up. And it's, you still got to go to work every day. You yeah. still got to do everything that you, that you got to do. But one of these days it's going to go boom and you don't know which day it's going to be. One of these days, there's going to be 50, 60 people in my stream. One of these days, it's going to be 10,000 fucking views on a podcast and I'm not going to know what the fuck to do with it. And that might be tomorrow. So yeah, the, the, the stakes now are low and that's, that's, what I've been saying for so long. So like when it comes to having these conversations with me, uh, the, the, it's like, what can I offer? What can I offer? I, I've for sure have a show that lots of big name guests have been on. I've been, uh, I've been guests on lots of shows. I'm somebody that people who, if they paid attention to who I am, they'd be impressed. Yep. Uh, and, and you're going to have a, have a like a sincere conversation with me where I'm going to be as vulnerable as I possibly can be. And I'll ask the same from you, but nothing else. Exactly. And uh, to, to get stats, to check analytics would all be that all of that was for nothing. You know what I mean? Like I'm wrapping too much worth up in. It's weird. Because, yeah, there's a lot of worth in numbers, but are you sitting in Discord calls hanging out with dudes that are going to listen to your show and hang out with you? Are, are you sitting in, in Facebook groups that will add to your numbers and, and chatting and helping people grow? It's not... It's not hard to figure out what you want to do. It's hard to accomplish it. And accomplishing it is actually going through and, and doing the things that you need to do to do that. And it's growing a fan base. It's growing what you need. And it's reaching out and, and creating a community. So I, I'm going to offer you, like I was going to on my show, join the Discord. Join the calls that happen every night with the boys and, and hang out. Guarantee you, you'll get some fans. Guarantee you, they'll sit here and hang out with you if you start live streaming every week. They'll be there. Right. Because those dudes are fucking there. That, that's what they do is they just hang out. They listen to podcasts. They make money. I just deleted Discord off my phone. Discord was... is fucking fantastic. Discord is more... I never thought I would use Discord as much as I do Reddit, but I do. Do you know? Do you know uh, Gas Digital? Do you know that pod, no, like that podcast network? Uh, Gas Digital has a show uh, called The Thing Is or something, and I was a guest on that show. And they had a what whatever they had a uh, like a the they hosted it on Zoom, and like all their like top listeners or whatever were listening in uh, to the show. And then when it, when we were done recording, they just let us sit in there and hang out with all those people. On the on the live, which was, I made so many. I made a friend. I made a couple of friends in there, and um, 
my friend Renee was like running that. My friend Renee, who is also uh, he's a co-host of the Perfect Perfectly Misfits podcast. Renee has on that podcast. Uh, his co-host is Dan, and I became such good friends with both of those guys through just like sitting and doing hangouts with people. Like I yep. normally, I normally have all the desire and all of the uh, want to do it, and then I work double in a day, and I don't know how consistent I can commit to going. Well, I'll be here tonight at this time, or I won't, and I will not be a liar. I cannot lie to my friends. I can't lie to people who trust me. But growing, growing a group and growing a following is a lot, sim a lot more similar to growing a family or growing people you want to be around instead of growing a fan base. It's not growing a fan base. It's not sitting here and in saying follow me or subscribe and like and subscribe and like and subscribe and like and subscribe because that's never going to fucking do anything all these people that have like and subscribe in their fucking intro mm -hmm. have 70 percent people that don't subscribe mm -hmm. well yeah it's 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 strange too because like i feel like the words like rate like and subscribe like those that combination of any combination of those words uh, take the sincerity out of the message. And that's, that's like, uh, I watched like nine 11 conspiracy documentary or something like that. That was like, but what about this? And all this, Oh, truth bombs at truth bombs. Oh, and then at the end be like, don't forget to like and subscribe. Oh, all this was for clicks. And this yeah. wasn't for sincerely trying to help us get the truth. It was for clicks, you know? And uh, I, I think I automatically was like turned off by the like and subscribe words. Like I, I don't say it. Mm. Josh doesn't say it. Mm. If you support me, you support my content, join the fucking Patreon. Just started. It's a cool group of guys. We're doing hangouts every every other week. We're starting a second show so that way you guys have something to listen to as well. And join the fucking Patreon and come hang out and, and do this shit and mm -hmm. subscribe and watch the show because sh showing that you care means more than just being around. Well, like I, I, I equate the, and, and you know, I've said it to you many times. Yep. If, if you are watching anything or you're listening to anything that I'm in that who I sincerely am or who I'm, if I'm playing a character in a wrestling ring or on the mic at a comedy show, it's, it's your, you're paying me with the currency of your effort and your time, which is not something that can be yeah. monetized. So how grateful I always am to anybody who's ever willing to pay me with the effort of their time, you know what I mean? Pay me with the currency of their effort and their time. That's why I'm always so grateful to anybody who like reaches out to me later. I go like on, on the podcast, if you're going to go ahead and like, and subscribe and you're going to catch every new episode, you might as well, you might as well follow me on Instagram and Twitter. So that like, if you want to reach out to me and tell me stuff, let's become friends on Facebook. I'm a real person. 
If you're going through something and you and you feel like you need a friend, let me be that friend if you'd like. Exactly. And and that's exactly what I do on Discord. I'm I'm the creator. I'm the one that brought everybody there. But I'm not missing a hangout. I'm the, I'm in there every night. I'm sitting there chilling with the homies. Mm-hmm. People that are or are what some people would consider fans. I'm in there every single night sitting there hanging out with them. What what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to grow properly? Do you hide yourself or do you actually grow and, and become accountable for everything you do and, and hang out with people that want to have your time? I want to give you the opportunity right now. Uh, on the record, I've, I've now uh, spoken to you about how much, how much, how much, how much I appreciate you, and how much love and respect I've got for you. I want to give you this opportunity right now. You can ask me anything you want to ask me, and and say anything you want to say to me. This is like your 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 timestamp here for the, on the record stuff. Man, uh, I fucking adore you immensely, and like honestly, you are one of the few people that I've actually grown very attached to in this community of like podcasters and everything else i wanted to wait until we actually did a show that was going to be up that week because like i'm gonna fucking forget i'm gonna forget that i did a show i'm gonna forget that i had to share it just like you would mm-hmm. and like who wants to do a show that's going to go up six months from now if right, we sit right. here and talk about spider-man <laughs> it's not gonna fucking matter six months from now right, right, right. yeah and that's that's the crazy thing about pre-recording is like you can pre-record a month, but you go much longer than that. You you're gonna dilute everything that you're doing. Yeah, it'll be uh, it, it it won't be timeless as much as you think, and uh, but and it'll have the timestamps of today on it. But that's I was, what I always think about. I always think about the years going back and listen, like going back and listening from the the start to now, and see. I I. We'll always say, uh, if you go back on to Apple or wherever and go back to like the very first episode of the show and and follow along the that the show is called Evolving with Corey Castle because you can listen in to who I was then versus who I am now. So the the growth of that. Exactly. And then I, I, I would go through and I would listen to different podcasts mm-hmm. and just like experience them. Listen to Impulsive one of the largest podcasts in the world. See how they interview people. See how they interact with people. And listen to everything. Just expand your palate. Listen to The Dick Show with Dick Masterson. Great fucking great fucking show. Talks very similar to the way I do. And just expand how, expand how you talk. Expand how you interact with guests. Expand actually interacting with people that are names that you might be able to get on here. And, and understand that you are one of the few people that can do this. Not everybody's cut out to do this. There are people that have exploded and they're not able to do this properly. They're not good at it. Well, I'm, I'm the only Gory Castle there is. I'm the only one who's got my perspectives on lots of this stuff. See, that's a lot. Going back, I'll go back to the, the origin of this show. Uh, you know, I, I probably told you this story, but if I have... I apologize. I'm, You're good. I'm telling you again. The, the 
I, I've been a part of podcasting since 2012. So Rick and yeah. Matt Flowers and me were doing a show called called Pod Trash. And yep. in that show, it was covering pop culture, pro wrestling, comedy, and movies and TV and yep. stuff like that. And just like joking around, we were doing that. And then we like decided to merge that into a show just specifically about wrestling. So uh, we started doing, we started calling the show Rassle Rock. So we do Rassle Rock and we'd have to get studio time. The studio time that we got to record an episode a week was one hour. So within that one hour, we had to talk about, we had to talk about the wrestling news from the week. And then we'd, then we'd have to share our thoughts and opinions on them. But like never, I never would have the amount of time to talk about who I am and, and find out why my, my co-hosts were the way they were. I mean, what had happened in their weeks to just to catch up, like what's going on in life. And I, I knew I was listening at home to, or at work. I was listening to Mark Marin a lot, the w, yep. w, WTF. I was listening to you made it weird. I was listening to Joe Rogan experience a lot. And I was like, none of this. It, it's like, even though I love wrestle rock, I love wrestling. I love the pod. I love those guys. It just yep. feels limited to the fact that I want to have so much more freedom I'd want, there's so much things I wanted to say that I didn't get a chance to say, or at the end of every episode, oh man, I meant to say, and I totally forgot. And uh, I wanted to give myself the platform and I listened to, you made it weird. And still, it's still my, my favorite podcast, Pete Holmes, Pete Holmes in the podcast says, or he tells a story where uh, he was talking to his agent about starting a podcast yep. and he described it. And the, and the guy said, uh, that sounds a lot like WTF. And he's like, yeah, it does. Uh, but WTF is hosted by, uh, by Mark Marin and not me. So it would be my version of that Two, more than one thing can exist. We're not in yeah. competition. It can. So I heard Pete say that. And I was like, Oh, nobody else has lived this, this type of life that I've lived. Nobody else has done the, the amount of things that I've done the way that I do them. So no one else has had this life experience. So yeah, we well, we'll might as well have a show. And so uh, I reached out to I reached out to um, a friend who had a, a studio that uh, she recorded her podcast at that was look more local to me. And I was like, oh, how much does how much does Johnny charge you for studio time? And she's like, nothing. Why do you want your own show? I was like, yes, absolutely. Want my and I like, yep. And I just like started like that Monday and I, I'm so, so happy that I have it. And, uh, I'm still, I'm still doing wrestle rock. We we're on, dude, we're, we're, I mean, we're six years in or exactly. something, something like that. Um, 300. I, My break into podcasting was cod competitive, call of duty competitive matches. Uh huh. And just going over them and and like a like a sports center almost, and uh, it's weird. It's weird to know what I'm doing now. What I if I could only imagine what I'm doing now compared to what I was doing then, where I would be. What well, and also like let's think about how different the podcasts are now that we're now that we're. Uh, 
I think, I guess the at home versions of every podcast, like I definitely, I, I kind of miss being right in the room with somebody and recording and not looking at a screen. Uh, I, I, it's part of me talking about the structure and also like my eyes hurt, my eyes hurt from staring at this screen. Turn down your ring light. <laughs> it's not the ring light that's hurting my eyes. It's the screen. Um, I'm so happy I got this lighting because now I can actually turn down my ring light. Uh, I have LED strips all around my room now. Yeah, good, good. Just so that I, way I, I have a nice little bit of lighting. I got these blue blocker glasses to yep. bl block out the blue light from the from the TV or from the whatever the screen you're looking at. I mean, that helps. It doesn't hurt as much when I put them on, but uh, you know, rest uh, glasses are, get sucky on my nose. And they don't want to have an ouchy nose. I don't want a booboo on my nose. Do you hear these problems? Do you hear these real problems that I have? Real, real problems having glasses hurt my nose? Exactly. The struggle is so real. It's okay. I'll join you. I'm, 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 right I'm grateful to have that be the problem. Some of my biggest problems. I, my, my life's not so bad. My life is pretty rad. But yeah. I, I would say keep pushing yourself, keep doing stuff, reach out to people because the people that will genuinely do a podcast, genuinely sit here and shoot the shit for an hour or two hours, there's more than you would expect that will say yes. Take the time and, and genuinely just ask people and I'm sure they will. Especially because you are a professional wrestler, because you've been on TV, because you've been in movies. If you're like, these are the things I've done. These are the cool stories I tell. I'd love to hear your stories too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A I, lot of them. I'm, I, I have to, I have to, uh, I have to really lean into that selling myself thing. And that's the same problem with wearing my own t-shirt, holding my own ladder up. I just, I just, uh, part of me rebels against that because being a Mark is something that I didn't want to be for myself. Uh, but I do want to be that for myself. Somehow I'm convincing myself to stop being a mark for myself when for sure, if I wasn't me, I'd be such a mark for me. I'd go nuts. Exactly. Exactly. I'd, I'd want to be or, me so or you bad. you have your girlfriend do it. Okay. Yeah. That'll, that might, that might uh, bump the views up some. <laughs> girlfriend, produce my show. So that way I know I'm getting guests. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to email all these people for me and just send a long list of this is what I've done. Oh, dude, for you she, to come on. she's she's just as busy as me, so I wouldn't I would oh, never yeah. ask her to do any of that. <laughs> she she's she's working so many jobs and she's in a she's subbing for all these bands and she just she just uh, took a position in a band as the lead singer. So she's she's. Doing that work, man. Good shit, man. Good shit. Yeah. Uh, only other thing, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more thing, and I'm gonna just send you off into the sunset. Ride you off with a hot dog and a handshake. Ooh, hot dogs. Hot dog and a handshake. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is the part of the show where I hypothetically have gifted you this show. And this has been your very first episode, the pilot episode of evolving with Zach Brown. 
first episode, first guest. How are you in a Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, wrapping it up in a pretty little bow to, to take it home? This episode? Yeah. Uh, there's two dudes sitting here shooting the shit, having some fun. And in the grand scheme of things, who the hell knows where this was going to go or where it was going to be brought. But uh, we at least brought it home. And uh, make sure to check out Real Men Talk Shit. Make sure to check out Corey Castle. He's a cool fucking dude. And uh, there's not much more else to say. <laughs> All right, Zach. Now, um, are you familiar with ALF? No, I've never seen ALF. Uh, are you... So what's your best impression? I I can do Patrick from SpongeBob pretty well. Okay. Now, uh, I I usually say, toward the end of the show, I usually say, uh, be fun, have safe, keep evolving. As the, like the, 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 the final sign-off, as I always yeah. do. What if Patrick Starr were to do that? Have fun. Keep it safe. Always evolving. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. You're the best. I love you, man. Love Everybody, you thank you for the effort and the currency that you've paid me here today. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving.